Yeah. So uh, welcome, Freedom Fighters. Rob Berger here, author of Retire Before Mom and Dad. And I have a guest. This is the first guest on the show. Steve, say hello to the tens upon tens of people that are going to be watching this. Welcome, or hello, this is Steve. <laughs> so we were, just, we were just chatting. So we were talking about working out. Do you work out? Are you a fitness guy or what's the story? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I try to be healthy. Um, I ride my bike. I'm on Strava, so I'm a mountain biker mostly. Um, nice. Although I recently got an e-mountain bike, which is like, <laughs> your, friend like giving, your friend giving you a little like free cocaine or something like that. Hey, just try this. My friend got one. And then <laughs> it, I will say it's, it's about 10 times more fun, but it is half as hard. So you have to ride like farther and longer. I, I don't know. It seems like it's cheating to me. I, I don't know about that. It, it's, it's definitely cheating. I mean, I ride my regular bike too, but um, you can explore a lot more. Like oh, I live in Mount yeah. Tam. So like before I'd always ride the front side of the mountain up and down. And now it's like, oh, let's drive, go to the top of Tam, drive, drop down to Lake Lagunitas on the other side. Like there's a whole other like playground out there, which is pretty interesting. Well, I started working out 10 years ago because of a bad back. And, you know, it's night and day, the difference. I mean, I'm, you know, but, but it still gives me issues. And it, there, there have been some issues the last couple of weeks. And I've kind of had to stop work. I mean, I'm working out, but like at 50%. So it's kind of been a little frustrating. I see you. I see you doing those pull-ups with weights around your uh, waist. And so that well, <laughs> sort of inspires me, except I can do like one pull-up. So. Well, it's funny. I tell this story. So the first time I ever tried to do a pull-up at this gym, um, of course, I couldn't do one. I couldn't do a single pull-up. So the uh, owner, uh, former Marine, you know, so he's a tough guy, right? Yeah. He, um, he gets a band, resistance band, puts it around the bar up there, and I put my foot in it. Yeah. Still can't do one. He gets a second resistance. I got two now. I still can't do a single pull-up. He finally gets a third one. He goes, Rob, at this rate, we're going to run out of resistance bands. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not, that's not encouraging. But I was able to do a single pull-up with three resistance bands. So yeah. if I can do it, yeah. Anybody, anybody can do it. So we're talking about retirement. You're, I guess, the founder, right, of New Retirement? Yep. You're the guy. Yep. Um, and I would describe it as a retirement calculator, but that seems unfair. It seems like that doesn't quite give it justice. So why don't we start, kind of tell us a little bit about your background, as much as you want, mm -hmm. and then how New Retirement got started. <laughs> and obviously, I want to get into the details of what it does for people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so, I mean, my guess, quick summary is I'll give the career, career path. You know, I grew up in upstate New York, went to Boston University where I was a systems engineer, which is like half computer science, half electrical engineering. Anyway, got into consulting for financial services. So I ended up working at places like Schwab and Wells Fargo early in my career. Also worked in Europe, which is kind of fun. So I ended up working in banks, brokerage houses, you know, um, firms like that, insurance companies. And then start, I started my first company in my late 20s and during the first dot-com boom, and it was about the transition to higher education. Um, we were super early SaaS, software as a service company, so put college search applications, so forth, on, online. Anyway, that company um, was good and bad. We, this, the highlights were we raised 40 million in venture capital. We have filed to go public in 1999. We then waited, the window slammed shut, 
So it got a quick education and then it got sold during the downturn. So there was an exit, but it didn't like make a lot of money um, for the founders. But we found an exit for our, our customers who were like Stanford and Harvard and places like that. And, you know, the high schools that worked with us and, and so forth. Um, anyway, I'll get through this quickly, but then, you know, started a consulting company doing work in financial services. So work for dimensional fund advisors and building like synthetic retirement we were working on mainly a synthetic pension plan based on defined contribution assets. So I was doing that. And then in the course of that business, uh, my mother came to my brother and I and was like, Hey, listen, I need to borrow 10,000 bucks. She was in her early sixties. You know, she was kind of transitioning into retirement and um, we're like, okay, you know, we can help you out. But um, you know, can we look into this kind of what's happening? Cause we want to try to fix the core underlying issue. And, and first we were like, can we talk to a financial advisor? Can we find a financial advisor that knows this space and can help you? So we didn't, because our time was worth a lot and we were busy. We actually couldn't find anybody that knew a lot about decumulation and was that interested in like helping her because her net worth wasn't huge. You know, a lot of it was tied up in the house. And so we did it ourselves on spreadsheets <clears throat> and the, the solution was, um, you know, looking at expenses, looking at like, should she downsize or not? You know, how, how is Social Security going to be claimed? What's how's healthcare going to work and Medicare and stuff like that? Should she, you know, how's work going to work? Anyway, so we fixed up her situation and there were some, you know, like freed up some money so she could sleep well at night, you know, kind of reallocated how our investments were done and, you know, kind of, fi you know, fix it up. And also, like, it's been an ongoing process where we continue to stay kind of in touch with her uh, about this and, and try to help facilitate things. Anyway, so we were like, we looked around and said, oh, well, there's 75 million baby boomers out there. Um, you know, if she's running this problem, who's a college educated white collar worker, right? It was a small business owner, she's so not unsophisticated. Um, probably a lot, a lot of other people yeah. are worried yeah. about this and, and could use help. So then we, that's how the business got started. And then it started out as like a project. And then in 2015, we stopped the consulting business and went all in on this business. And then since then, we've started doing it a, a better and better. And it's picking up more and more speed. So. so we've known each other, I mean, for a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we met at FinCon first, right? Yeah. 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 I, you know, so two things. One, you know, I went to Boston University Law School. I think we've talked about that, but that we went to BU. Um, mm -hmm. Although I'm not sure at the same time. I won't ask you what year you went there. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then DFA. So I, you know, I can't remember. I don't. Rem I don't recall remembering that you worked with DFA. Mm -hmm. I love their their um, uh, their products, but I hate the fact that retail investors can't buy directly. Yeah. Can you I, can you maybe can we pause the video? Can you give someone a call there and see if they'll change that for us? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think they are changing. I heard that they are now offering their funds through Betterment, so they are oh. going to different channels. Interesting. And, yeah. So it, and it actually, I think to your point, it's like the, when I, when I think about DFA, there's, there's obviously the financial innovation and how they manage their funds. That was a big part of it. I also feel like from a marketing perspective, they made it a scarce resource. It could only be sold through DFA approved advisors who had to go down to Austin or, you know, their locations get trained up, you know, and then it was like, uh, the, the, it was a, you know, both the advisor and DFA benefited from that channel. Yeah. But now that they are thinking about going to other channels, I'm curious what how DFA advisors yeah. or DFA certified advisors think about that. <clears throat> I'm sure they don't like it. <laughs> uh, I, who knows though? All right. So let's talk about new retirement. You know, I, again, I called it a calculator because I'm not really 
what do you call it? You call it, a, it's not a calculator, it's more than that. Yeah, you know, great question. I mean, we, we, we call it, obviously, we call it the plan, you know, retirement planner and planner plus, planner. but like yeah, that. most people think of the, of the word calculator, like retirement calculator. Yeah. And a lot of our users do say, oh, this is the greatest calculator ever found. But, you know, the, the, the way we conceive of this is like, hey, most people have, think about retirement calculators or I build a retirement plan or a financial plan, which is a big pile of paper they get from the financial advisor, kind of gets done, they, people look through it, and then they use it to say, oh, let's change your portfolio allocation and it gets dropped and they never look at it. Yeah. We think about planning as like this ongoing lifetime exercise of saying, hey, you know, where am I today? How do I do better? And then keeping track of it because the world changes, you know, the markets change, taxes change, interest rates change, your life situation changes. And so that's how we, we think about it. And that's what the tool does. It like enables you to kind of get control and stay in, stay in front of your plan. So, and I know in a minute you're going to share your screen and we'll take a look at the tool, but is it, is it designed for everybody from someone say whatever, right out of high school or college who is thinking about retirement and saving for it at a young age, all the way through to, folks who have already retired and are hoping they don't run out of money before their retirement is up, which is a fancy way of saying before they, they croak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of started with the decumulation focus and people who okay. are approaching retirement and, and living in it. But mostly it's like, there's a lot of like financial uh, emotional angst that happens as people approach from like, can I retire like at all? Like, and do I have enough money? When should I do it? So that's our initial users are today. Most of our users are kind of 50 to 65 kind of, you know, really thinking hard about like how I'm going to do this transition. What's it going to look like mechanically? Like how like do social security? Should I work part time? Should I downsize and move? You know, <clears throat> how will I draw my assets down? What am I, you know, what are my taxes going to look like? So, and we'll, we'll jump into that. Now we are getting younger and younger users. We're also kind of, you know, uh, connecting up with the fire community. So the financial yeah. independence retirement early community, a lot of those folks are really thoughtful about, you know, their money, right. And, and right. accumulating, right. Getting out of debt and accumulating assets. But then as they start to do that, they start to think about, okay, well, if I try to retire at 40 or 45 or something, you know, and then how is that going to look and work yeah. and what's involved? So, well, do you want to, you want to show us the planner? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do that. Um, appreciate the opportunity. So I will share my screen. Hopefully that's clear on your side. Can you see this? Yeah, is that Brett Favre on the cover on the front there? No, I guess not. <laughs> no, this is a yeah generic stock photo guy. But um, yeah, so you know, really the you know for our site, you know, we have uh, a bunch of you know articles and things like that. I won't take you through all this stuff, but we've written a bunch of articles. We also run a podcast. Um, in fact, you were one of the inspirations for that, right? Like kind of watching people at FinCon. Oh, you know, here's how podcasting works. And it's, it's a much more personal medium. Yeah. But uh, the product, so I'm just going to log in and show this to you. So this is the plus version of it, right? And so it's, there's a lot more going on. When you, to get here, people create an account for free, which is just, you know, either Google authenticated or email and password. And then there's a few pages of like, you know, what are your assets look like at a high level and you can just enter them or now you can link accounts. Um, what's your income look like, your expenses, your debt and a high level on like, you know, what are your, what are your goals, right? In terms of like a legacy and kind of things that you want from a lifestyle perspective. So 
then you get to this dashboard and really the, the customer journey and, and using the product is about, you know, building a plan and understanding more from an income perspective. So therefore quality of life, what it's going to look like and how it's going to work versus like an assets perspective. So most firms are like focused on accumulating assets. Like, Hey, I'm saving money. I'm investing it. How is that? How does my net worth grow? Which is a huge part of life. Right. And, and, and a big number, but, uh, decumulation is actually a trickier problem because you've got to think about where's my, you know, like day to day, right? Most of us work, we get paid, we pay taxes, and then we're like, I pay our expenses and save some money and invest in all that stuff. But, you know, that's kind of how mechanics work. Like when you go to stop working or slow down working, suddenly you're like, okay, now I'm using those assets up, which is a giant psychological leap for most people. It, it's it. huge. I'm, I'm experiencing it now. Yeah, it, it's so, a huge, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. I mean, you know, you exactly. think, well, if I only had more, I wouldn't be worried. No, you're pretty much worried no matter what. Right. That's exactly right. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of the one year, one more year syndrome. Like I talked to Fritz Gilbert about that. Like, should I keep working? And yeah. you know, like you know, you're 55. You're like, well, do I, I? I make a lot of money. What if I work one more year and like get that money? So, um, <clears throat> so the products, you know, geared around like you know, you can see where's my, this is a, a mocked up account, but um, you know, where's my income coming from, from work. And then how does that transition over time from, you know, different sources, social security, annuities, right. pensions, stuff like that, you know, later on RMDs, you know, we so, do. No, show just, so, you, just so for those watching are clear, what you're looking at in that, that chart, that, that line chart, bar chart, that's someone in retirement. Where is their retirement spending coming from? Well, it could be work. Um, I guess this includes work years. And yep. eventually there's, you know, you, you retire, I guess, in this scenario and around 2033 or whatever it is. Yep. Right. And yep. then you've got the different sources of income from social security, annuities, your investments, your, your, your RMDs, right? Yep, exactly. So what people are doing it, you know, we, we show you the income view. There's also like a, a savings view, right. And then this will show you like, in this case, Hey, you're actually running out of money, you know, out here at 2050. Right. Um, and then we, you know, we try to make it easy to see some like, simple things that could help you. And, and for many people, they do have big levers, you know, it could be tax efficiency. It could just be lowering investment fees or getting a slightly higher return, you know, using their home equity, whatever it is. Um, so we all do stuff like, Hey, you know, <clears throat> what happens if you work part-time for three more years, right? Oh, well that, how does that change your trajectory? Right. What happens if you stop working three years earlier? So we'll do some simple illustrations, yep. but People can dive in here and you can actually create scenarios if you want. So you can have a scenario of like, hey, here's my baseline plan, but what happens if I move to Washington? You know, I'll show you some of that later. But but first, like what people are mostly doing is like thinking through, okay, how's my work gonna work? How's social security? What's my plan for social security? What's you know, do I have a pension? How will I claim that? So, you know, all the different parts of a kind of financial and retirement plan that that uh you know, our users are thinking all of those things can be modeled in your tool. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and our, we get a ton of feedback from our users. In fact, like yesterday we did an AMA and asked me anything um, on Zoom like this, where we had, you know, over 50 users who were kind of like, we were talking about Roth conversions, but they're just, you know, and some of the new features we have, but also just kind of getting their questions and mm. hearing what their challenges are. And that's what's different. We, we learn really quickly with our user well, base. Let's talk about Roth conversions. Sure. So, um, so I have an advisor, right? He doesn't manage my investments. Yep. Uh, and I pay him very, he, he doesn't charge much. 
but because of that, I use eMoney Advisor, mm -hmm. which is only available if you have an advisor. It's not, a, it, and frankly, your tool is much, uh, I think, uh, better for folks like us. Um, pr it's certainly prettier. <laughs> um, not, to, not that that necessarily matters, but yeah. But, but in any event, we were modeling Roth conversions. And at the end of the day, they said, for, for my situation, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. it probably doesn't matter. You want to convert some Roth, convert it, but it ain't going to move the needle much. And I was surprised mm -hmm. at that. Mm -hmm. But one of the challenges, of course, is in, in understanding the value of a Roth conversion, you need to, you make, you need to make assumptions about future taxes mm -hmm. and your future taxable income. Now, you can model the future taxable income to some extent. Yeah. In terms of future taxes, I mean, it's anyone's guess. Yeah. So how does, how does your planner handle that in terms of helping people decide whether and to what extent and, and how much each year they should convert? Right. So in this case, um, so I'll just jump in where you can see this. And so just quick disclosure, this, I didn't set up this um, profile to be um, uh, easy, easy for to be easy to see kind of the Roth conversion strategy. We actually did that yesterday, but yeah, it depends on the user, right? So what we're doing here is, you know, people have their assets and like, Hey, what, you know, what do I have? Is it a 401k an IRA, you know, other pre-tax, you know, do I have post-tax money? Right. But for the, for the, for the pre-tax money in the Roth IRA or the Roth conversion, right? The whole strategy is I have a bunch of qualified tax deferred assets. If I have lower income years, you know, around retirement or leading into my retirement, like I take a sabbatical or something, yeah. then there could be a tax arbitrage to pull forward that income beneath certain marginal tax rates. So, yeah. um, you know, like in the case we did yesterday, there were a few years in here that you come in to come in and see in your income, like it was lower income years and let's do let's do the conversions there. So you, what you would do is you can come in and say, okay, well, what's the impact of doing, you know, one or a series of conversions oh. over a series of years. And you can see what happens is we'll start to illustrate a, in for instance, the, let's take a look on the tax side, right? you can see in certain years. So if you had lower income years um, by bracket, and we do this for federal and state, we'll give you your estimated taxes. You know, we'll, we'll tell you what um, your, basically your net taxable income is by bracket. So in this yeah. case, again, this isn't a great example, but like if you had years in here, like, okay, I'm gonna retire in here and I can basically, you know, fill up like the 10 and 12% brackets. It's um, no brainer at that point. Then it's like, it will also show you. So again, I wish I could show this better. Unfortunately, I don't have it here, but you know, you, you know, out here on the tax side, we'll show you like, oh, you know, your estimated lifetime tax might be a million bucks over the course of your, your life. Do you, then, when you model that, can you compare like side by side with and without the conversion? Yeah, exactly. So that's what we did yesterday. Is, so the, um, and I'll, I can send you a link to this because we- Yeah, if you send did, a link to, to that video, I will drop it um, in the, uh, the description below this video. Yeah, we can do that. So um, what do, you would do, do you, is- Do you assume that future tax rates are just what they are today? 
We are right now. Not, you know, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of users saying, "Hey, you know, the the you know the Trump tax tax rates are going to go expire right in 2026, yeah. I think." And um, yeah. so we're thinking about making that a switch. I mean, the, the reality is, like you said, nobody knows what is actually going to happen. Right? It depends on yeah. politics and everything else. So, um, yeah, we'll probably give. I mean, we what our bias is kind of give people uh, more and more control. So, for instance. We just rolled out, like we, we let people model inflation for general inflation, housing inflation, medical inflation, and we just added social security inflation because a lot of users were like, well, you know, I might think that general inflation is going to be higher because I'm worried about all the money printing, but I don't think social security is actually going to match that. So I want to have a lower oh, social security inflation rate. So we're like, okay, fine, you can do that. Um, and yeah, don't they an use Social Security? They don't use CPI for that, do they? They use something else, don't they? They, uh, you know, yeah, they use, a, I think, a derivative of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. you know, it's like there's different ways. There's inflation is measured in an odd way. Like it doesn't it, like focus on rents and things like that versus yeah. like houses. So when you see, you know, a asset prices like housing jumping up a lot. That's not really reflected in core CPI. Right. So I'm curious, and and I'm jumping around a little bit, and um, but like if you go back to the dashboard, for example, and you see these yeah. projections of annual income of um, assets, and you've got pages that show you your portfolio growing, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe yeah. sinking sinking into the abyss. Yep. Um, I know that you can that a user can set uh, the optimistic uh, rate of return and a pessimistic mm -hmm. rate of return. Yep. Uh, I think I've set mine at eight percent and two percent, mm -hmm. but I can go in and change whatever. Yep. When you're doing these calculations, um, are you using whatever I put in the optimistic or what? Yeah. So when you're in here, for instance, and there's, so this is, this is evolving as we speak, right? So if you're in savings and assets, you know, you can come in and like set this right and change it. And every time you change it, um, you'll see the thing illustrate, you know, uh, your plan rerun. That's one thing that's interesting about our plan, right? So this today is a linear projection, but it's, we are also, we're rolling out Monte Carlo as we speak, but you'll see, for instance, in here, you know, the, the the projection you're using defaults depending on what you select. So over oh, I here, see. Yeah. Pessimistic. That's what it looks like, right? Okay. Pessimistic. You know, I see that. So you have some controls, right? Which expense do you want to use? Like a high level or like a budgeting one? Yeah. And, and then, which, I'm sorry, go ahead. And also we let you switch around, like, how am I going to cover any shortfall? Like yeah. we have different withdrawal strategies, which we were messaging about earlier. I, so. I want, and I want to come back to that. Actually, it's a good segue because yeah. I'm interested in the max spending. Is 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 uh, for the for the uh, withdrawals? Withdrawals, yeah. Max spending meaning here's the most you can spend each year without running out of money. Essentially, yeah. Now, in this scenario, right? I uh, because there's a shortfall in this, right? You're going to run out of money before. Um, you know, right. your plan end end date. So like if you came in here and said, oh, you know, I actually have like, or we actually have $5 million in this account, right? So I then like you're not- it. I like the way you think. Yeah, just like, hey, it's gonna, <laughs> the ship's gonna come in. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're so coming with gas, as my mom yeah. would say. Yeah, so let me go back to withdrawals now in this case. 
So now you can say, hey, this is what I want to, we let you model withdrawals a few ways. So first you can model it based on your spending needs, which is the default, right? Like, hey, you punch in your expenses. Okay, we're gonna go through your accounts in taxable, then tax deferred, and then tax exempt. So, you know, we'll, that's how we'll take it down. And we also look at, we'll take the highest, um, sorry, lowest returning first and then highest, highest returning within those buckets. Um, Cause that's the general default strategy. You can override this. So if you have an inherited IRA, right? Some of you have that. You can say, Hey, listen, I will actually want to deduct money or take money out of certain accounts, right? Like I'm going to take money out of the inherited IRA to hit the 10 year window to make sure right. I, you know, do those things. You can, you can kind of like do that up here and, and specify what you want to do. And it's also exactly when you want to take it out. Um, but we can also do a maximum spending. So you can come in here and say, okay, well, I have extra money. Let's, you know, what if I want to just crank, you know, just use it up within the parameters of like, I hit my legacy goal, right? And spend the rest of it on myself. You can come in here and then we will then solve for like, okay, here's the incremental excess spending that you could do. And are those numbers right? You can spend how much? So this is projecting. In this case, well, I mean, I gave myself five million extra dollars, right? So, and it's also I'm not using it for, you know, a couple decades. Okay, and by but, the way, but right where you paused it, that's perfect. So your max spending is two. This is it, it, I just want to make sure I'm reading this correctly. It says your max yep. spending is two hundred fifty thousand for that year. Yep. And you're going, but you're going to get an RMD of three ninety. Yep. I'm not adding those two together to get your max spending. No. All right. So you'll have, you'll have more than enough from your RMD to cover your max spending and the rest presumably you'd put in your taxable account. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. where, like, this is a, you know, a unusual, like people, like most of our users kind of have, you know, half a million dollars to a couple million bucks. And so well, they're yeah, right, mass right. affluent, like, but they still got to be thoughtful. I mean, <clears throat> you know, give a million bucks, but you're going to plan for 30 years. You're going to be yeah. working. It depends on where you're living. Right. But, yeah, the numbers weren't all that important to me. I just want to make sure I was reading it correctly. So a couple of questions here. Because yep. um, you, you said something a minute ago that caught my attention, and that was you you draw down, obviously, well, from taxable, then tax-deferred, then tax-free, which is mm -hmm. sort of, there's some exceptions to wanting to do that, but that's sort of the standard, I think, accepted yep. approach. Yep. And within each of those buckets, you take the, 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 you take out of investments that have lower expected returns first. Right. Or I guess fixed income, for example. Yep. But is there any assumption um, baked in that each year you're going to rebalance or no? So, you know, not yet. Um, so we're, this is where the, the product's evolving. So, so far, this is, the projections you're seeing are linear. And the reason we use optimistic and pessimistic, it kind of gave us that band, right? For yeah. risk. But we recognize that it has limitations, yeah. um, you know, big limitations, like, which you rightly pointed out around Monte Carlo and sequence of returns. So, like, we just rolled out Monte Carlo. It's in beta. Oh, so cool. we are now doing Monte Carlo. So we'll show you in any given year on your projected savings the optimistic assumption and pessimistic, but also a Monte Carlo projection. And I don't know if it's easy to see this, but you can see kind of like the little blue area around it, you know, um, right, right. shows like the 25th, 75th percentile. So that's step one. 
Next, where we're going is, well, and this is also only running 200 simulations right now. We're going to push this up to 1,000 or more very soon. So there's some performance stuff that has to happen. Yeah. And then we're going to apply this to your entire plan because right now you just kind of run it once in this own area. So we're going to, it's going to essentially change um, how we score and project, how we essentially assess the, um, you know, your probability of success, right? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I uh, take the rebalancing issue. I always just assumed, you know, every year you rebalance, right? Mm -hmm. But there's actually an argument to be made uh, for not rebalancing during retirement. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there are some withdrawal strategies uh, that have been back tested. I, you know, I think there's a limit to what back testing can tell you, but whatever, where you don't actually rebalance. Um, and, And the idea is you take from fixed income, right? Which of course means over time, your portfolio will become more and more weighted to equities, which seems like the opposite thing that you'd want to yeah. do in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Except yeah. that um, it's going more to stocks when you're getting closer and closer, for better or worse, to your grave. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it actually turns out that probably some of your best results in retirement, one could argue, is without rebalancing. But in any event, um, yeah. Then, then the other sort of question I had is for the max spending. Yep. How do you guys calculate that? What's the formula or method you guys use? Am I, <laughs> well, am I, am I diving into the weeds too much? You're, we're gonna, very soon, we're going to have to get um, our CTO on the phone. So essentially... <laughs> we don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain this at a super high level, right? Um, what we're doing is we are running multiple... This is our first... We have this concept of... Two, two big concepts that are coming towards where we're, what we're building. So we're building actually towards a virtual financial advisor. And there's going to be kind of two things that it's going to do. One, it's going to recommend big strategies, right? So that's like, you know, should you do Roths at all? Should you, how should you conceive of your um, portfolio depending on your goals, right? Should you use home equity? you know, should you optimize social security? So those are like big areas of like, I want to, uh, or I want to be like more tax efficient, kind of big areas of operation. And then there's something called the solver, which is like, okay, I do want to like maximize. So you said, okay, uh, you know what? You funded your legacy. You know, you've got a ton of money. You're going to leave a couple million bucks to your kids and charity, and you just want to blow the rest. <laughs> so let's, okay. I like that. That sounds like a good plan spending right so maximum spending is the first iteration of something called solver which essentially runs a lot of simulations behind the scenes and does a best fit analysis and that's how we come up with this okay now this is tied up with what we're doing with monte carlo and this whole virtual financial advisor which involves yeah. like ai machine learning and that's where like we're gonna have to get the cto in here and there's some like complicated stuff um but yeah, that's what's happening kind of directionally. Um, no, that's great. Uh, so you mentioned um, Planner Plus, which is, uh, so there's the free, you, you get a lot of functionality on with the free membership. Yep. yep. You can get, I guess, access to pretty much everything with Planner Plus, right? Yep. How, yep. Much, how much is that if folks are sure. interested in it? Sure. So I'm just going to bring up the uh, retirement here. Um, yeah, so here's our pricing. Free tool, right, which um, is always free. So you can build a plan. We, we think anyone should be able to build a plan themselves and, like, get organized and kind of see what's out there. 
The plus version is six bucks a month, so we we'll charge it annually, $72 a year. Um, so it's your whole plan. And really the difference is, it's like, hey, the, the plan gets you organized and lets you kind of see generally what's what's possible to do better. And then the plus lets you, it's like TurboTax for a term and lets you kind of try all these different things that I'm showing mm -hmm. you. Like, okay, how, how do I fix up social security? How do I fix up my drawdown strategy? You know, get, get, how do we get visibility on your taxes? Like much better visibility and charting and everything that's out there. Uh, and then we just rolled out Planner Plus Live, which is 125 bucks a year. So basically another 50 bucks and you can meet with a coach on our team. In fact, you know our primary coach, Michelle Dash. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So she joined our team. Oh, that's great. And uh, so, and she basically, so she's not a CFP. So she's here to help our users um, use the product kind of like this, like go through like, hey, uh, I've got my pension in here. I'm thinking about should I lump sum it or not? Like how to use the tool to figure out if like taking the stream of payments or lump summing it or whatever works best. Right. And it can kind of walk through your plan for like, you know, 45 minutes once a year. That's literally what this package is. Um, and then if you want to talk to a CFP, you can talk to a CFP on our team and that's hourly. So we'll do a $500 plan review, but basically we're focused on like kind of hourly pricing. And so what's yeah. something that's different here about what we're doing is one, it's super low cost, right? So we want to make this like a no brainer. So everyone can have a plan. Yeah. And then we want to charge hourly versus AUM because we think that's where the world's going. Like fees matter. If you, if you don't pay your advisor, or you pay less, either fund fees or advice fees or whatever it is, that goes right to your bottom line. And like, I'm sure you've seen the Vanguard study. It's like, if you add back all the fees and the compound growth in those fees, it can be like 30 or 40% of your net worth that you're giving up. Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, that everyone's like, ah, oh, 1% sounds cheap, right? Well, it, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's no, a ton. No. Another way to think of it, it's like, if your average real rate of return is like, four or 5%, it's like 25, 20 to 25% of your real rate of return is what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you, if you were to max out your 401k during your working years, the difference of returns of 1% will cost you seven figures. It will be well over a million dollars. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and, and, but it's funny, you know, I hope the world is going away from AUM assets under management uh, and to sort of this fee based approach, but I'm not convinced they are because, I think, I think a lot of people obviously are, and fees are getting lower, but um, psychologically, when you don't get billed and you don't have to yep. pay out of your checking account, yep. um, it's like you don't even see it. And you don't even think That's about right. it, even though it's crushing your wealth. It's absolutely yep. crushing your wealth, yep. but, you don't, but you don't know it's happening. That is why, you know, these, so much of financial services is, and I've worked in financial services my whole career, um, it's opaque. Right. It's yeah. not so not transparent. You can't really understand how you're getting charged. It's like how healthcare used to be and sort of still sort of is like, you know, you used yeah. to get health insurance, like that's all paid for, whatever. Right. You didn't know that like, oh, like I, I have had two ACLs, right. Repairs. And, you know, if I get an a MRI in the hospital, it could be like 5,000 bucks. If I am willing to walk down the street to an outside clinic, it might be 750 bucks or something like yeah, that. It's ridiculous. And if you, and it with an HSA, you're like, oh, well, I pay for this out of pocket. So maybe I'll just do a little shopping and oh, I just saved 80%. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with this. I think, 
I think people are waking up. Like, look, Vanguard has shown a bright light on fund fees. And fund fees are going way down. And we think that other fees, including advice fees, is that, well, and it's not like, look, financial advisors are important. Good ones are important. Fiduciaries are important. They're not going to work for free. They're smart people. But, you know, I have good lawyers and a good CPA, and I don't give them 1% of my net worth every year to give me good tax advice. You know, I might pay them hundreds of dollars an hour, right? Because they're smart and I got to get good advice. That's where we think this is going. Absolutely. You should pay for it. You know, you got to have smart people around you, but, uh, and behavior change is huge, but you know, there's going to be better, cheaper ways to do this. Do you guys have like, uh, have you put together videos that kind of walk folks, like if someone signs up for this planner, uh, that walks them through how to use it? So Michelle is doing that as we speak. Oh, good, (laughs) good. Yeah, there's, uh, let's see if, uh, let's see if I can find, you know, I don't even know if I can find it in here, but, um, for instance, she was doing something for Social Security. You know, this is going to be not, me not being able to find it in here, but um, you know, over here, right? There, you can message us. So anyway, there is. I think I can't see it because I'm a repeat user, but um, right. we have little tours that are like, "Hey, this is what this is. This is what this is. You know, here's how this stuff works." So you, that is uh, coming. That is in process and getting better. That kind of like shows you these little features and how, how it all works. And we also have, you know, we send people outside, like we'll send you to like, you know, go look up your, my social security account, right? Cause right. it's a best practice, claim it. Um, and use that here. We also have articles that you can be sent like how to, you know, what's, what's important about claiming social security. Like, Hey, if you're married, you know, yeah. typically the higher income earner claim at 70, right. For survivor benefits, stuff like that. There's a bunch That's of stuff. Terrific. That, well, I, uh, I'm excited about what you're doing. I think this is a fabulous tool. Um, I mean, we, we could obviously spend like all day going through. I mean, there's, it's so feature rich. We could literally go all day probably. But yeah. are there any things that we haven't talked about that you think that you want to yeah. share with us? Worth, worth looking at? Yeah, I'd say some of, the, some of the highlights that we offer are a couple simple things. So, you know, we talked about Roth. We talked about withdrawals. You know, in the expense side, we'll help you build a budget. So you can do that. Um, we also recently um, back here, we rolled out linked accounts. So you can come in here and be like, okay, you know, I want to link up my Wells account, you know, log in. It's done through Plaid. So we, we will, you know, um, pull in and, you know, real time right. while your numbers keep them updated. Um, we think about, um, housing in a pretty deep way. So you can model, do you own, do you have a mortgage? Do you have a reverse? Do you rent? Do you plan to relocate? So like, you know, in this scenario, right, I have, I'm running out of money. This this plan, you're running out of money at 80, right? So what happens if you relocate, you know, at 62 and buy a new house for 600 grand, but you have a ton of home equity in Washington, which is a tax-free state. Suddenly your plan got a lot better you can really see this in taxes, right? So if you don't do anything, right? So you're not, you're not relocating, it's actually state taxes, right? If you're paying hefty California state taxes out here, if you do relocate, you know, we'll recast it. Suddenly you get to stop paying those state taxes. Yeah, you shaved off 200 grand from your state income tax. Yep, exactly. So this is where like, What's really different is like all this stuff hangs together, right? 
what you do with social security, housing, income, all the stuff, it all affects each other. Right. So we try to make it easy to, and you, it's not, you can come in here and be like, Oh, what if I do it at 63? Uh, what if I buy a house for, you know, 200 grand? You know, what if I have a mortgage on it? What if I pick a different state? So all that stuff is out there. Um, so you can do stuff like that. The uh, medical side. So healthcare is a huge issue for folks. Um, and there's really like, usually you're getting healthcare when you're working. And then there's this period of time when you stop working in pre-Medicare. So like say between 60 and 65 that, you know, you have to fund. And so we just let you itemize it, right? Um, and then, but in Medicare, we actually are doing some work to pull in the costs where, you know, depending on if you have, you know, what, you know, Medicare A, B, you know, you know, Medigap, drug plan, Medicare Advantage will estimate the cost for you. The bigger thing is like, if you have a pre-existing condition, like, hey, I've got high blood pressure, we'll change this cost estimate for you. Now, uh, let me flaunt my ignorance here when it comes to Medi Medicare. Mm -hmm. When those conditions raise your cost, is yep. that because Medicare charges you more or simply because you'll have, you'll need more medical services to deal with those ailments? Yeah. Well, actually what I'm showing you is there it's, this is your out of pocket cost oh, okay. on top of Medicare. So, I so should how do you get those numbers? Like they hit heart, heart disease and the number goes sky high. Where are you getting that number from? Or do we? So there, uh, there is some data available from Medicare that we are okay. accessing behind the scenes. Cool. So All right. um, that's, what's driving it. So that's a big thing. And we think about it for you and your spouse. Um, will also help you think through long-term care. So I think a lot of people, they don't really appreciate how much out-of-pocket health care. Yeah. They know it's going to be a lot. They've heard 300 grand or whatever. This lets you make it really specific. And also, maybe it motivates you. If like, you're a smoker and you're like, oh, that's going to cost me 200 grand likely in retirement. Yeah. Maybe I really should hit the non-smoking or get, you know, hit the CrossFit and start doing some serious pull-ups, right? <laughs> Which makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... There's that. And I think, uh, you know, we have all this insight stuff. I was showing you some of the charts. People can dive into that. Um, I would say the last thing is, you know, we have this coach idea and this is getting a lot better, but we'll actually scan your plan and like say, Hey, here's issues we found and ways, things you should look at. And this is what is like the, you know, beta version of the virtual financial advisor where it'll get a lot better. And we'll, we'll suggest, you know, things you should consider, or if you're, you have a problem, like I'm trying to fund an annuity purchase, but actually don't have enough money to do it. We'll highlight stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and then there's e emails, reminders and stuff like that to kind of keep you on track. So again, it's not supposed to be one and done, but it's supposed to be like a living thing that people right. kind of keep track of it. That's fantastic. Time. Well, um, I, you know, I appreciate you spending time walking through this with us. I, obviously the website, newretirement.com, that's where folks can, can go right? If they want to check out yep. the planner. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. And of course you've got a podcast, as you said. Yeah. Um, what else is going on in your world? <laughs> well, we've Other been, uh, the e-biking e through the mountains. Well, we, uh, you know, good and bad. We, everyone was locked down for the pandemic. I have three children. So everyone, including one in college. So everybody was back together for three or four months, right? Leaving college, high school and, and, uh, secondary school is all kind of like, closed um my son went back to college down in santa barbara and then within two weeks now he has covid so oh, that's no that's optimal, how's he doing but, 
uh, it's only a couple of days into it. And um, he was, he was sick, you know, had a fever, wasn't feeling good, got tested. And now he's feeling better, but this thing apparently comes and goes, you know, you don't want to, I'm sorry to you know, we, we really try to like be safe. And I talked, yeah. I actually saw him cause I, I went to visit my brother down in San Diego. I drove through, but when I saw him, I was messed up and like, yeah. you know, so I was at, we were outside and distant. So hopefully I dodged it, but I don't know, you know, we're, you know, it's like this thing, it's, you know, it's still out there. It's like, like we're seeing all the cases and, you know, even, you know, people who know better, right. Like, yeah getting it and it's like eh. so oh, that was terrible kind of i'm sorry to hear that well ho- hopefully he'll have a quick recovery yeah hopefully i mean so, so many of these cases now it's like i think 60 to 65 percent of cases are now 18 to 49 year olds right so it's younger people yeah, getting, getting younger. out and they're like you know i mean he's an adult right i can't tell him like you know force him to stay here <laughs> right no i you know <laughs> i've got two 20 year olds so yeah well I, I hear you loud and clear on that um well, hope, hopefully he gets better quickly. Uh, well, thanks again for showing us this. Folks watching, newretirement.com, check it out. And um, remember, until next time, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom. Awesome, Rob. Thanks for having